We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jay Henry says, if you were yeah. Georgia, where you have a ton of quarterbacks for next year, what would you do? Let the current group compete or hit the portal? I mean, it just depends on – it's one thing to have a ton of quarterbacks. There's nothing do you have guys that you think can, you can win a championship with. Right. Personally, for me, with what I know of in the portal, I'd go with the kids I have, you know, um, if they have a ton. You know, I know they had the Vandergriff kid from a couple years ago uh back the Carson Beck kid who's their backup I believe now um you know I'd I'd go with those guys and give them I mean look you you just won a championship and you're playing for another with Stetson Bennett a quarterback you, you don't right. need you, you don't, don't need, need to go get the next Bryce Young right, right? it's just not who you are agreed St- you know Stetson Bennett's gonna win more championships in his career than Bryce Young and CJ Stroud combined I mean you know at Georgia you don't need that you don't need that in my opinion Chris Irway Regarding Viper, it's still another year away, but do you think the staff looks at Keanu Kia once he gets back from his mission as a guy to provide value? Yeah, he was more of a Mike when he was there, and somebody else asked about that. So, Kahanu was at Notre Dame in 2021. I believe missions are two years usually, they are. right? Yeah, last time I so checked. So, he wouldn't be coming back till 2024. So, I don't think he doesn't factor into things this year. Yeah, so he said it's still a year away. He, yeah. he agreed. But somebody else asked. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. So just want to make sure that we're clear of that. But gotcha, no, I gotcha. think he's more of a Mike to me. It lasts right now. I mean, I don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. And that's a good Because like some people question. like think that these missions are like you just go to these like re- remote jungle of some place. Sometimes it's in Salt Lake City. I mean, it's not, you know, it's in Chicago. It's in right. Atlanta. It's, you know what I mean? Like it's not always like in this, you know, this third world country or something like that sometimes it is but not always right yeah. so you have opportunities yeah. to stay healthy and not healthy but like right. continue to work on your body and stay yeah. where you need to be so yeah. all right sean higgins we haven't heard much about tyson ford's development what's the word hummingbird he was banged up a lot this year so it was it was hard for him to really have steady growth throughout the year but uh he's flashed potential he's just got to go out and do it you know, that's the big thing. So he's got to go out and do it. Yeah. Broke neck boy. 
which schools have the best history with each specific position? Oh, that remember that? Yeah, we told back. him to come back. We told him to come him back. back. So, you know, I, I'm I'm having a I'm having a tough time with some of these. So, you know, running back, I think that's an easy one. That's USC. I mean, it's hard for for me for anybody to compete with with what USC has done at running back. And you're talking tight end. It's Notre Dame. All time you're talking of all my time. of what Just, I know of my yeah. lifetime. Yeah, but 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 I'm also aware. I didn't see him play, but I'm aware of USC's tradition at running back. It's just hard to it's hard to match that at running back, tight end, Notre Dame, in my view. Again, because you know, going back before I my lifetime, I can still be aware of of Dave Casper and you know, and all those kind of guys, Ken McAfee and all those guys. And obviously the last 15 years, it's been outstanding, outstanding production at tight end. You know, defensive line, Vince, that's a, that's an inter well, secondary DB. I, I mean, I'd probably go to Miami. It's probably where I would go. Uh, just some of the stuff they've done in the secondary is pretty good. Um, linebacker. That's an interesting one. You know, a lot of people say Penn State, right? Like, isn't that a one that a lot of people say, you know, Penn State's yeah, linebacker, they were linebacker you. you for for like that's in the 90s, on, in the early, um, yeah, like that was the 90s, early 2000s. Like yeah, and then like run. LeVar Arrington and and, right. and that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm Penn State's in that conversation. Ohio State's in that conversation. Um, I've heard people say USC. I don't, I wouldn't go with USC. I'd probably go Penn State or Miami. For me, I mean, Miami, I mean, Ray Lewis, Jonathan Vilma, you know, just kind of going through over the years of some of the you know, the linebackers they've produced has just been really good. Ohio State had a stretch in there where they were as good as anybody producing linebackers. I mean, from Andy Katzenmore was a first-round pick, and then you had that stretch where, like, you had A.J. Hawk and Bobby Carpenter and James Laronitis and Marcus Freeman and Anthony Schlegel and, you know, those kind of guys. But it was more short – it was short-lived, not, like, over a long period of time for me uh you know i just wish notre dame could start producing more consistency a linebacker because nobody's produced more buckus award winners the last That's, 11 years than yeah, Notre Dame. yeah uh, it's just there's always been a drop off from then um i'm trying to think right vince do you have any thoughts on kind of who it would be for defensive line i mean i want to kind of go i, I i've heard for to me it's florida state for me just because you think of like, especially like in the nineties, man, they were putting out first yeah. round draft picks. Like you never heard of Andre Wadsworth and all of a sudden he steps into the starting lineup after replacing the dudes they had before. And all of a sudden he's a first round pick. And then yeah, after that's another first round pick, I'd probably go, I'd probably go out uh Florida state for me would be, would be mine. Yeah. That's a good one. You. That's a good one. Wide receiver. You that's an interesting one, Vince, man. That's a, that one. Yeah. I mean, recently it's Ohio state. I mean, you know, yeah. Recently, it's Ohio State. Over the history of college football, that's a little tougher, man. That's a little it's tougher. So, one. It's so spread out is the yeah. thing. Like there's there's just different pockets where yeah, you've had a good chunk of wide receivers. But I mean, yet like you said, recently it's Ohio State. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, wide receiver is also more of a recent position, right? Because you know. You didn't have three wides and all of that. Yeah, you know, they were different 25 plus yeah. years ago. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just a different kind of a scenario when it comes yeah. to wide receiver. Yeah. Wide receiver, you, man, that's a really tough one. That's a really tough one. Um, 
Yeah, it's a really tough one. I'd have to think about that. That one I have a hard time. I mean, part of me wants to go to USC just, you know, again, but I don't want to cheat. That's partly because of my familiarity with it. But I'd have to really think about it. Last decade, it's Ohio State. I mean, even like not even just the recent run, but remember Michael Thomas was on the 2014 title. Right. He, wasn't the leading, he wasn't even the leading receiver. He went on to like break the NFL record for catches, you know. Like who are the two leading receivers in yards in the NFL this year? It's Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Shocker. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely been Ohio State recently. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So what have we done? Quarterbacks? Quarterback you, USC. I mean, it's kind of hard to. It's kind of hard to. They got an awful lot of Heisman Trophy winners. Yeah, it really is. I hate it. I don't like it, yeah. but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to go against them. It really is. You know, we've had Oklahoma recently has been pretty good, but Oklahoma recently has been pretty good. But USC over the history of time, I mean, even going all the way back to Pat Hayden. You know, I mean, they've. That'd have to be them. I, I'm, I'm curious, like, I, I'm curious kind of what other people think about this. Cause you know, we did running back, we did receivers, did tight end O line you over the his over history. That's a little different than, uh, I, you know, the last, yeah, last decade years, decade it's yeah. Notre Dame, but over the whole enchilada of it, I don't yeah. know. Oh, you know, Wisconsin's been pretty good recently. Um, that's a really good one. That's a that's a really tough one. That's a really interesting one. Because um, like some like Alabama's produced a lot of first round picks. I think a lot of those guys were overdrafted and overhyped. Yeah, right. You know, DJ Fluker was overhyped. James Carpenter was overhyped. They were better as individual, like as 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 a unit than they were individual players, in my opinion. Um. Yeah, I'd have to think about that one, Vince. I have to think about that one. That's the only one because again, it's also like, I mean, Nebraska always had great lines my whole life. They had great lines, but I couldn't tell you a lot of guys from Nebraska that ended up going on to be high NFL draft picks. I know there were some, but I couldn't think of any, but I'd probably say Nebraska. They've slipped off lately, but in my history, Nebraska is the one that stands out to me. So D line you, we said Florida state linebacker. You, I went with Miami DBU. What'd we go with again on that one? We go with Miami on that one too. We go with Miami, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they just had so many just crazy runs in the eighties and nineties. Man, it just was, it was just nuts. 
absolutely nuts. Florida State's produced a ton of good DBs over the years, too. I mean, yeah, there's Dion, but like, you know, Corey Bush and um, I mean, they had so many corners over the years, man. That, you know, but like even Miami, they had the great runs in the 80s and 90s, but then there's like Sean Taylor that came up later and like uh, Ed Reed and Philip Buchanan. I mean, they had a secondary that one year. It was an 01 where like literally every dude on that in the secondary was like a first or second round draft pick. It was just nuts. So I'd have to go with Miami on that one. But I give Notre Dame tight end to you. That's when I give Notre Dame too. There was a time where Notre Dame could have been in the conversation for D-line you back in the day when you think of like Ross Browner and Alan Page and all those guys. But that's it's been a long time since. I was going to say it's been a minute. Yeah, I mean, real long time. The 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 real the best off best defensive lineman in recent history is what Bryant Young. He's retired. Yeah, in the Hall of I mean, Fame. Like, as far as like that kind of guy, like Foskey was just not that kind of guy. To it had. One good year. Tillery had one good – well, Tillery had one ha- good half a year. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Last defensive end to be drafted in the first round was Burt Berry. Actually, no, Ronaldo Wynn. Is Ronaldo Wynn. Yeah. Yep, somebody said that because my comment about Michigan that I want Denver, uh, Harbaugh and Denver, I could not care less about Jim Harbaugh going to Denver. I – would not like it, but I don't care who they hired. I mean, I'm, honestly, I just don't watch the NFL anymore. I haven't really been a Broncos fan in a couple of years now, and the moves they made this offseason were the final straw for me, Vince. It's just like – it was just really bad. Yeah. It was really bad. I know we got a super chat down there uh, as well. Do we? Okay, let me go down and He's grab it here from Patrick. Way. He says, uh, thanks for the super chat, Patrick. After Iowa and IU last night, officials show that they aren't just grossly bad and only football, waving off a tech for Iowa's coach after crossing mid court. Yeah. First of all, if you're going to give out a tech, you can't take it back. Like, oops. Yeah. Did you see right? that Vince? I didn't no, see it. I didn't see yeah. it, but I'm just saying in ge- like, based on this description, if you call it, stand by it, man. Like I, you know, I, yeah. that, I guess I have an issue with that. Yeah. Like, I would just know. need to know the circumstances. Cause like yeah. maybe guy yelled a word that you thought you were saying to you and you see him a T and then he's like, no, 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 that's a play that we run. And he could show that, you know, like, right. Like, okay. That's my bad, yeah. you know, rescind it, I guess, but I'd have to know the context, but my gut is to say the same thing you did Vince, which yeah. is, but I didn't see it. Yeah. So you're right. I don't have all the details, but so. just off what he said, I would right. yeah, crossing mid court. That's some context. Like, yeah, that's right. 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 It's a bit of a problem. Right. Yeah. And I would assume that he was warned. I would assume yeah. that that would be the case as well. Yeah. All right. A couple super chats here to roll through from Tyler. Thank you very much, Tyler. I'm a Carolina Panthers fan, and I do not want Harbaugh. He can go to the Denver Broncos, please. Okay. I mean, I look, I am not a fan of Jim Harbaugh, obviously, because he's a Michigan guy, but he's got a pretty good track record in the sure. NFL. So And college. And college. I mean, look, we can dislike matter. Jim Harbaugh all we want, and, and I get it. And he's a weird dude. He's, he's a, a weird really dude. freaking weird guy. Yep. And he's always been kind of weird and he's gotten weirder as he's gone on. But here's what Jim Harbaugh has done as a cause of college football coach. Uh, he took over at San Diego and FCS and went seven and four, 11 and one and 11 and one. He took over a terrible Stanford team and went four and eight his first year. And by his fourth year, they were 12 and one in orange bowl champs. And then he laid the foundation for what, what David Shaw did at Michigan. He's gone 10 and three, 10 and three, eight and five, 10 and three, nine and four, COVID year, 12 and two, 13 and one. And he's had in, in eight years, he's had two top 10 finishes. He's about to have a third top 10 finish. 
Oh, yeah. Another year where they finished 11th, another year where they finished 14th, another year where they finished 18th. And he's now done two years in a row what no Ohio State coach has been able to do in 20 years, which is beat – or uh, Michigan coach has been able to do in 20 years, which is beat Ohio State back-to-back years. You know, so – and then the NFL, he was there four years. He went to the AF, NFC Championship three years in a row and right. went to a Super Bowl. Yep. And, Lost to his brother. Know, and got fired after going 8-8. Eight and eight. That's the year they got him fired, an 8-8 eight eight year. So you can hate him all you want and or or think he's weird and quirky and he is that but the guy's been successful everywhere yeah. he's gone yeah. now if you'd asked me this two years ago my conversation might have been a little different they're coming off the two and four year they've gone <laughs> nine and four the year before that right, over right. year was a dumpster fire but he's turned it all around and they've you know they've done what they've done now here's the black eye on harbaugh he is one in six in the postseason in bowl games at michigan they won their first year against. It was the first year because he's zero yeah. six. Yep, and since then they lost in the Orange Bowl, they lost in the Outback Bowl, the Peach Bowl. Uh, let's see here, the Citrus Bowl, uh, which they won before, and then of course the last two years in the playoff they've lost. Yeah, they lost in the Orange Bowl to Florida State. If you remember that, they lost to South Carolina in the Outback Bowl. That's that game where Javen Kalani had that sick hit on the Michigan guy. They got blown out by Florida in 2008 in the in the Peach Bowl, and then they got blown out by Alabama, which honestly, that one I don't hold against them. That Alabama team was way better than they were. That was such a bad matchup. Like, that was not a very good Michigan team. And then that team had to go play Alabama. That just was a, a two-a-tongue-of-a-little injury away from maybe being in the playoffs that year again. I mean, that was unfair. But they got blown out by Ohio State that year, got blown out by Wisconsin that year. That wasn't a very good Michigan team. But yeah, he just hasn't been able to win in the postseason. That's the reality. That's been that's the black mark. But he's getting them to those big games. Right. 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 So he's a good football coach. Would I want him at Denver? No. But I don't care. I, I just I don't watch the NFL. <laughs> I've watched the Broncos game in two years. I'll watch the I'll watch the uh, championship games and the Super Bowl. That's all I watch of the NFL. So Sorry. All right. Trevor has a couple in a row here. So thank yeah, three you, in a row, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, here we go. Happy Friday, IB Nation. All right, guys, putting you on the spot with center and tackle kind of locked up. Not kind of locked. They are locked up. Center and tackle sure. are locked up. Who are the starting guards next season and a sleeper on the O-line next year to look out for? Well, you know, if we're doing our job, there is no sleepers because you know about all of them. Exactly. Uh you know, if I had to predict now, right now, based on who we know, I'd go with Andrew Christoffick and Billy Shrouth as the starting guards. Yep. Billy at probably right and Andrew at left would be what I would assume. That's what I would assume. Now, if Rocco Spindler has a great offseason, he might be in the mix. Ty Chan's a guy that I'd keep an eye out on going into next year. If he can have a good offseason as one of the young guys. You know, maybe Michael Carmody gets a chance to move inside and have an opportunity to battle there. Uh, those are those are guys that I would consider. And then I, again, if if the right guy hits the portal, I think they would at least consider that. I don't think it's necessarily something they're actively seeking, but just more of like a mm, is there a way for us to be better? And I think that's kind of what what it, what it uh, what you kind of get down to on that one. So I would uh, that's but that Vince, you have any? I mean, would you say anything different? Well, I, I said earlier. I said earlier yeah. that the the two guys I would have are the two guys that you just said. Like that, yeah. as of right now, that's who I would plug in. Now, yeah. obviously, things can change. And then, 
you know, as far as a sleeper to look out for, that that's hard to say. Rocco, I think, would qualify, but he's but is he a sleeper? Because everybody talks about him all the time. Mm-hmm. Is he a sleeper? He's a sleeper from a uh, from a production standpoint. I think he'd be a sleeper, right? Because I don't think yeah. people in the know are counting on him to be the starter. So I think he would be a sleeper, right? Maybe Pat Coogan could be like a sleeper in this regard, right? Those would be the only two I think I could come up with with legitimate chance to be a sleeper at guard. But yeah, my my two starters right now would be uh, Billy and uh, and Christophic. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. Somebody had an interesting comment about Purdue and my and, and about QBU. Joe Medina. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, goes, I saw Purdue's that. very underrated quarterback. You, they've given the league Bob Greasy, Lynn Dawson, and, and Drew Brees. So when I first read that, I was like, QBU, I mean, that's just recently. You know, they had Drew Brees and then Kyle Orton. But then, but he's right. Like Lynn Dawson, Super Bowl champ, Bob Greasy, Super Bowl champ. The the issue that I would have, and there's been some other guys. I'm trying to think of uh there's another quarterback they had. I think in the in the eighties, that was was pretty good too. And didn't Jeff George start off at Purdue? Oh, did he really? I th- I thought Jeff George started off at Purdue and then transferred to Illinois. I I could be wrong on that, but I'm I'm looking at Purdue now, and actually I'm going to go by position and go to quarterback. I feel like there was another guy that Purdue had. Uh, Curtis Painter got drafted in the sixth round. See, Kyle Orton was a fourth-round pick. Obviously, Drew Brees, Jim Everett from the Rams. Mm. Remember him? He was a he was at Purdue. That's not who I was thinking of though. But that that's one. Mark Herman was from Purdue. Uh, I'm trying to think. Maybe he did. Maybe it wasn't from Purdue. Uh, Mike Phipps, but that was in the 70s. That's who I was thinking of. So that was in the the 60s and 60s. And then Bob Greasy. So and then Lynn Dawson. So I mean, Purdue as as I'm looking at it here, Vince, Purdue has had a case. Yeah, Purdue has had Drew Brees was the first pick of the second round. Then you had Jim Everett was the number three overall pick in the first round. You had, uh, I believe, Bob, if I just saw Mike Phipps was a first-round draft pick. He was the number three overall pick. Bob Greasy was a first-round draft pick, the number four overall pick. And Lynn Dawson was a first-round draft pick, the number five overall pick. Well, So I, I kind of at first scoffed at this. And then I was like, no, hold on a second. Like, because you for you think about Bob Greasy, but then but Bob Greasy, but then you think about Lynn Dawson, who passed away recently. I mean, he was he's a Hall of Famer that that won a Super Bowl, played played in two, I think one one, right? So are we but talking Greasy, about NFL? No, but success? they were great. They were great college players because they were right, high right, right. Is what I'm saying. No, no, no. I, 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 yeah, no, that's a good point. Okay, because they've like, got three Hall of Famers. I mean, right, but, not they, many but, but my point is, all those that. Hall of Famers were high draft picks, right? And and they're not high draft picks if they weren't really good. Co- and sure. Purdue was really good when Bob Creasy was there, right? So you know, um, they they weren't bums in college, you know. Because like, what I wouldn't do is like look at Michigan and and give them credit for being QBU because they produced Tom Brady. Because y'all didn't even want him to start. You guys kept wanting right. Drew Henson to start over him. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. So I'm not go- I'm not giving you credit for that one. But these guys were like top ten NFL draft. Jim Everett was number three overall pick. You know, uh, Bob Greasy was a number four overall pick, right? Mike Phipps was number three overall pick. Lynn da- Notre Dame hasn't produced that many top five draft picks at quarterback. Have they ever produced any? I mean, I, I'd be curious about that. If Notre Dame's ever produced a – what's the high – okay, so George Izzo in 1960 was the number two overall pick. Uh, let's see, Bob Williams in 1951 was the number – so, I mean, you got to go back a long time, and this is back when quarterback was a little bit different. 
you know, uh, so yeah, the forties, Angelo Bertelli was number one in 1944, right? So you got to go back a long time to see when Notre Dame was putting out that kind of production that, that Purdue has had since then. So yeah, Brady Quinn was the number one draft pick before Brady Quinn. There was Rick Meyer, number two overall. And then after that, Berlin was fourth round player. Kira's kills 11 round. Uh, Rusty Lish was fourth round. Joe Montana was third round. Joe Theismann was fourth round. Terry Hanratty was second round. So Notre Dame's produced some big time. Bob Belden was drafted. That's my guy. I know Bob. Really good guy. Uh, John uh, Hewitt was second round. Uh, sixth round, excuse me. Um, Daryl LaMonica was 12th round. So, no, I mean, Notre Dame's produced some good quarterbacks, but it's just it's they've gone 30 years and produced yeah, not much. Right. You know, Jimmy was second round, right? Jimmy Clausen was second round. Deshaun was second round. So yeah, I can't I can't put Notre Dame in there. But yeah, Purdue's a really interesting one. Cause didn't didn't hold on a second. Let me let me let me look this up, Vince. Cause I think Purdue has won a didn't Purdue win a national championship at one point in time. Hold on a second. No, they did not. They won the Big Ten, though. Their their claimed national championship is 1931. So yeah. I was just curious about that. Anyway, we can continue. But I thought that was a very Fair interesting, enough. very interesting, very interesting take on that one that I would not have thought of. They would not have been in my initial thought process. So good one. Good one, Joe. Trevor with another super chat. Is there a legit 300-pound-plus defensive tackle in the portal that Notre Dame could desperately use? Also, is Anthony Lucas a guy Notre Dame would be interested in again? Yeah, we talked about that. Notre Dame would love to have Anthony Lucas again, but I just don't think it's going to happen as of right now. Things would have to change and go in a different direction for Notre Dame to get him. But they're trying. They're definitely trying. Yeah. Uh, 300-plus-pound guy, not that I'm aware of, that would have interest in Notre Dame. I mean, because here's the thing. If that guy exists in the portal, everybody wants him. Yeah, exactly. And there's going to be NIL deals thrown at him. And, oh, you know, yeah. And, and then he's going to be looking at, at you know, who's producing high draft picks. And that's the thing that's going to hurt that kind of kid is – and if he's draft eligible, he's and he's that good, he's going to be going pro anyway. And they tried to get one of those guys, and he transferred to Florida State instead of Notre Dame. And even though he's from an hour down the street, what's Michigan City, Vince? Like an hour, forty-five yeah, minutes. That yeah, forty-five minutes. They couldn't get him. It's a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge problem, especially how much he grew up loving Notre Dame. Yeah. So. Steve Rolf with a super chat. Thanks, Steve. He says, love the t-shirt I just got from the Irish Breakdown store. Nice. Very nice. I wear Very mine nice. all the time. I, I've got one on underneath this one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got Irish Breakdown all. I'm layered up, baby. I love my yep. t-shirts. They're super comfortable. Yeah. Super comfortable. And we got another one here from Trevor. What kind of role do you see Tyson Ford having? Well, that's going to have to be determined in the offseason, Trevor. I mean, it, not not to be dismissive of your question, but like right now, he was banged up a lot this year. So he he's not in that conversation just yet. He's going to start basically from the bottom, and he's going to have to work his way up. But I've, I'll say this. I've talked to some different sources, and when the light goes on for him, he's good. He shows that potential. He's just – he's young and raw. And right. so this is going to be a very important – offseason for Tyson Ford very important offseason for Tyson Ford and he's one of those guys that if the light can go on for Tyson in the weight room this winter and then on the football field in the spring Vince we could have some really really interesting conversations about what the defensive line is going to look like this year he could be one of those key guys in my opinion him and Jason Onye are two guys that I'm just like 
man, I hope the light goes on this offseason. Man, I hope the light goes off this offseason. Because if those two kids can bust out. That's going to make this D-line yeah. a lot better, man. Yeah, it really could. Better. Absolutely, Vince. Absolutely. Irish Gordian Knot. Brian and Vince, what do you think about Henderson coming down as a gadget viper? Anything to get him more chances to get to the quarter? He can't be on the line of scrimmage. He's not I, big I, enough. I'm okay bringing him on an occasional blitz, but right. I want him playing in the alleys. Yes. That's where 100%. I want him playing. Yeah. 100%. He is nowhere. He will get eaten alive if he starts off on the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Just, just well, he said kind of gadget viper. So, I mean, I would imagine he's kind of thinking moving him around a little bit, that kind of thing. But still, still. I, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, same guy. Emil Wagner is so athletic. How would you feel about the staff carving out plays where he's a tight end H-back? In the goal line, I'd have no problem with that whatsoever. None. Short like yardage. You, yeah. Yeah. If you want to get down to the goal line and, and and say it's second and goal, first and goal, and you're just going to say, hey, we're the biggest, baddest dudes here, and you're not stopping us, and you want to put him in as, a, as an extra edge guy, Vince, I don't know about you, but I'd have no problem with that. None. No, I'm not. Uh, yeah. I just wouldn't want to make that like something I'm doing all the time, but yeah, I'd have no problem with that. No problem with that. Cause honestly, Emil's the kind of athlete where you could maybe in the game, sneak him out and throw him to football. You know right. what I mean? Like pretty athletic kid. Yeah. And if that's something that gets him some touches, cool, go for it. I mean, not some touches, but some snaps and some opportunities. Right. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. I don't care about getting him touches. I just thought that'd be fun, but um, <laughs> well, and here's the thing. Yeah. So he, and he's still, such he still has so much weight he could put on on his yeah. frame like it needs to josh lug put out a picture on his on his uh twitter today of all of the offensive linemen and they're all mm-hmm. it was after the gator bowl they're all standing there emil wagner looks skinny yeah i, I don't know how else to put well, it. well i've seen some film of practice from this year and yeah. he's noticeably thin yes like noticeably looks, thin do you see the picture yeah. that i'm talking yep. about yeah he just now. looks a lot thinner than he looks like a else. tight end standing around with a bunch yeah. of offensive linemen yes yeah. absolutely so in order for him to be a starting offensive lineman, he's got to put a lot of weight on but yeah. in this regard i have no problem with it whatsoever yes. what you're talking about because what it does so emil has tremendous upside Right. Like he's long. He's got bricks for hands, Vince. Like big cement, A grade cement hands. <laughs> right. He's long. He's athletic. I've heard he's really smart, which is always important for an offensive lineman. He's just light and he's raw technique wise. Right. The technique part, I'm not worried about. That'll come. If you if you're a hard worker and you listen to Harry, that'll come. But that's the you can't be 275 and, and be a starting offensive tackle in college football these days. And right. it used to be a big guy, but now it's just like right. you can't be that guy. Right. So this kind of role, Vince, to your point, would give him a chance to get in the game where he's going to be blocking a little bit smaller players. Mm-hmm. And it's not the play after play grind, but it gives him some experience for when the time finally comes that he has added the weight and he's ready to compete. You're not putting a kid that now he hasn't going to be asked to do what he would do as a starter, but at least he's been in the bright lights of a, of a game and he's got a job to do in order to get a touchdown. It's a pretty important job. Right. I, that's another reason I think it would work a lot, uh, work real well is because you're going to get him some much needed experience. I would do the same thing if Billy Shrouth wasn't a starter. Right. Like, let's just say hypothetically they get a grad transfer and he starts at right guard and, and Andrew Kristoffic wins a left guard job and Billy's that number three guy. 
I would find every way possible to get Billy Schraub on the field. I'd wrote as a rotation and, and short yardage, goal line, whatever. And and Emil, I feel very similarly about. Siggy 13, after a decade or two in a 12-team playoff, do you see more undefeated or one-loss teams winning it all or two to three-loss teams winning it all? I put it, I put a poll on the board, but I wanted your guys' opinion. You, have a, you want to start? Yeah, minutes? I'll start it off. I think you're going to see more undefeated or one-loss teams winning it all because they're better teams. I mean, they're more complete. You will see the occasional two to three-loss team win it. The occasional. But the question yeah. is, do you see more? I mean, just the basis of the question, undefeated or one-loss teams are generally better than two or three-loss teams. Now, you can get hot at the right time, and that it's just like the NCAA tournament for basketball. You can get hot, and you can make a run. I have no problem with that. But I think if you're looking at a 10- to 20-year period, there's going to be more undefeated or one-loss teams winning than there will be two- to three-loss teams winning. To me, it depends. And I think you're going to agree with me on this, Vince. It depends on what the criteria is for making the 12-team playoff. Okay. What I would love is if the committee started putting more emphasis on things like schedule and where you really challenged and, and okay. say, hey, we're going to take this 10-2 and two team that played five ranked opponents over this 11-1 and one team that played nobody or even this 12-0 and 0 team that played nobody right that wasn't a you know that maybe loses in the conference championship game right uh, i'm going to take this team over here that played really brutal out of conference schedule and all like i clemson this year would get a big boost for me in this scenario because they scheduled Nor notre dame and south carolina out of out of conference like i want to see that and you know like so that if let's just say there was no automatic bids and and i had to come down to an undefeated michigan team that had like two good games all year and a team like, I mean, just trying to think of a team that played like Notre Dame's 1988 schedule and lost two games. Yeah. Give me that team over that team. You know, if the NCAA, not the NCAA, if the committee, because the NCAA doesn't have anything to do with the playoff and the championship game in college football. If the committee was willing to like really make its criteria such that, Hey, here's what we care about. We care about teams that prove over the course of an entire season and against quality scheduling, that they're that good. If they would do that, then what you would see now is some of those teams that maybe like USC 2016 that weren't good in September because there was an injury or they were a young team, but by the end of the year, Vince, like you said, they're really hot. Then what you're going to end up finding is more teams like that are going to make runs and knock somebody off. And then that sets up opportunities for other teams to kind of to get kind of get into that. So, but that's not happening if like right now, my fear is that they're just going to continue to overhype teams based on their win-loss record and not who you played. And especially with the SEC constantly getting overhyped about how good of a league it is. And there's no incentive for the SEC to play well out of conference. That all of a sudden you start seeing these 12-1, and 11-1, and 12-0 teams that just don't play anybody. And they those teams are getting in. And it's just that nonsense over and over, to your point. But if you start rewarding teams to play tough, then more and more teams are going to have to say, hey, we have to schedule tougher out of conference, which means there's a chance, Vince, an increase, a greatly increased chance that some really good teams have a couple losses on their schedule early on, and then late in the year, they get hot, and they're ready to go. You know what I mean? Because, like, here's what I don't – like, I'll use Notre Dame as an example. 
Give me a a 2016 three-loss USC team in the playoff over a Notre Dame 2021 one-loss team in the playoff. Because that 2021 Notre Dame team beat nobody. Nobody. That 9-3 and three USC team from 2016 beat top five Washington on the road by two touchdowns. They had a really bad start to the season, but by the end of the year, they could have played with anybody. You get my example, Vince? So like, I do. I just don't think that's going to be the debate. It would the committee to – that's why I said yeah, right. it would require the committee to change the criteria for that. Yeah. But under the current way that they pick teams for the playoff, Vince – there's no incentive to schedule tough out of conference. If Agreed. The only teams that, that there's incentive to – this is what makes it so screwed up. The only incentive to schedule tough is the lesser-known teams. Like Big 12 teams have themselves. to. Yeah. Right. Because the, the Pac-12 teams and the Big 12 teams have to schedule tougher out of conference games because they don't get the benefit of the doubt. Like the SEC does. Right. And, and, and the Big so, 10 for that matter. Yeah. So they have to schedule – so which increases the odds that they lose a couple games. <clears throat> sure. Which is unfair. But that's the way that it is. So to your point on this current criteria events, I agree with you. But I think I think there there hopefully becomes a push at some point in time. And that's the one thing that could come out of the super conferences, Vince, is that that you know maybe some of these teams are forced to play a little bit tougher because they have to because of the yeah. whatever. But uh, you know, right now, like how Michigan can get in with that soft schedule, that weak, and they'll get in every time. Play. They'll get in and, every and, time. Yeah, and and yeah. so I will, until the committee changes that. You know, that's just the reality of it. And yes, I do hate the SEC. <laughs> Can't believe I've my never hidden that. Side. Yeah, like I don't know why somebody's surprised in this chat that I hate the SEC. If Andy is committed to Al Golden, does he really have three three five in his system? Absolutely. He ran a fourth a three four defense back in the day. He knows how to run a three down look. Right. I just think one of the good things I think Al Golden did this year, Vince, is he coached his personnel. Yeah. Like that's what I think he did a good job of. He didn't have three, 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 five personnel this year. He had three, he had four down personnel with Isaiah Foskey. And so I think he coached that. So, yeah. All right. Next up on the list is Ty C out of the players currently on the roster. Who are your picks for captains? Oh boy. I mean, you got to think Sam Hartman's going to be in that conversation because he's been a yeah. multi-year captain offensively Vince I think Zeke Carell's a guy that I'm keeping my eye out on mm-hmm. that I could see kind of stepping into that role defensively I think JD Bertrand obviously yes Cam Hart will have a shot to step yes. into that role uh potentially Riley Mills but he's got to step up and 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 play a little bit better uh, because usually it's going to be juniors and seniors so like you're not going to see like Benjamin Morrison and and guys like that I, you know I you know, tight end, I don't know if I see anybody there. I said Zeke on the offensive line, but it wouldn't shock me if, like, Blake or Joe kind of has a great offseason of leadership and they become one of those guys. Defensive line-wise, Vince, you know, Howard Cross could potentially. I don't know how talkative he is, you know, but maybe from a leadership standpoint, maybe him or Riley, maybe. Uh, J.D. Bertrand and Jack Kaiser at linebacker, you know, uh, secondary-wise, Cam Hart. I – I can't think of anybody else in the secondary that I consider a captain type of guy. Fitz. The only other person than, I would consider, but I think he still needs another year, would be Xavier Watts. Yeah. yeah, But I yeah. still think he's a year away. I don't yeah, think it'll be for this that. year. So that would be the only – I wouldn't really consider any of the running backs. I Mm-mm. I just don't – they don't – I just wouldn't. Um, I, I, think, I think in 2024 – That's different. It yeah, wouldn't shock me if like Audric Estime yes. steps into a captain sure. role. Sure. Absolutely, but not next year, uh, mm-hmm. not in twenty three. 
Because you got to also people have to remember juniors as captains. That's not really a thing. Yes, it was for Michael Mayer. They've had like it's more reward for a great player. Yeah. Kyle Hamilton in 2021. Michael Mayer this year. Michael Mayer earned his more. Agreed. But they also knew Michael Mayer and Kyle Hamilton were leaving after their junior year. So, I mean, Michael Mayer's was more deserved, in my opinion, than Kyle Hamilton. I completely agree with that. that. I completely agree that. with that. So yeah, I don't. I would throw a lot of the juniors out of the mix just because of that, except for maybe a Joe Alt, because right. I think he could be a three-year or Blake. Player. I could or, see now. See, Blake. I know the Joe is the better player right now, but but I could see Blake stepping into more of a leadership role because he's a vocal kid. Yeah, you know, he does a lot in the community. There's a sure, lot of things. Sure. There's a lot of captain traits I see in Blake. He just has to continue maturing because he's a yeah. sophomore, like right, every right. Exactly. sophomore does, right? Exactly. That you know, yeah. Joe strikes me as more of a quiet type of guy, you know, where Blake could kind of become a captain in the same similar way that Q was, and Joe sure. could become a captain in a similar way that McGlinchey was. Yeah. You know, I yeah. could see something like that. But I, I wouldn't discount Blake either because he's got a little bit of this to him. Like he's not afraid to talk and speak his mind. It's just you just want a guy that's got a little bit more seasoning on what to say and how to say it and when to say it, which is just comes to experience. Yeah. But I, I think Blake's a kid that I would, I would be curious to see if he can have the necessary, necessary growth as a, as a young man and a player to become that. Cause he's got some, he's got some, cause he works hard from everything I've ever heard about Blake from the way he, he works hard. He's not just some big kid who gets by on being talented. You got to kick him in the pants all the time. Right. Yeah. I've never heard that about him. He's a, he'd be an interesting one, Vince. Because Joe Walt makes sense. I'm, I'm not dis. Joe no, Walt no, no, right, for sure. Right, right. No, I'm not. I'm just saying along with Joe that. Walt, I could easily see, I could easily see Blake Fisher maybe step into that kind of role as well. I think this could happen too. Michael Vincent, he's coming back for what? Yes, tenth yes. year. I mean, he's been here for a long time. Special, and I'm a big believer in special yeah. teams captains. Me too. I think you can't tell me as a coach that special teams is this very important thing. We need, but then not have a guy who's right. a captain who only plays special teams. Yeah, that's a great point. It's a I great love, point. I love Who that had one. that one? Who had uh, that one? It's at the very, Back very bottom. Back up. Back yes. up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a great call. Yeah. Great call on Michael Vincent. Absolutely. Because he's got all the leadership. It's not that he's just uh, good at what he does. He's got a lot of leadership characteristics that you look for in a guy. Absolutely. Right. That's a good one. Because like that's, what, really that's why one. Bo Bauer was a captain this year. It wasn't because of his linebacker Absolutely. Play. It's because he's a special teams guy. And th- and that's good. That should be the case. You should always have a. The NFL usually does that, right, Vince? Don't they? Don't they kind of have have on that one? It's usually one um, from each, like yeah. offense, defense, special teams. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Ty C out of the players currently on the roster. Oh, I already read that one. Let's let's get rid of that one. There we go. How about this one from Katie? When do you expect the starting QB to be named, and how will that affect reps for Hartman and Buckner? Oh, I don't know. I I really <laughs> don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think they're going to have a pretty good idea by the end of the spring. Just my opinion. Um, if 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 Notre Dame is the staff that I think that they are, and we've seen examples of this already with how they handled Drew Pine, they, I give them credit. It would have been very easy for Coach Reese and Coach and Coach Freeman to decide. You know what? Let's not. Let's not say anything to Drew right now. Let's get through this portal sure. window window and all that kind of stuff. And then make but they went to him right away and said, Hey, we're gonna bring a transfer kid, mm-hmm. and Tyler's probably gonna start the bowl game. Yeah. Now they hoped that he would stay, but they knew that they're not stupid and naive. They didn't right, they weren't like, Oh my god, Drew's transferring. Like, 
We don't have any clue why. They didn't like how he went about it by not, sure. but but they still love Drew and, the, and and respect Drew, and that's why they wanted to tell him up front. They thought right. he deserved to be told up front, and then he can make whatever. And they knew that him potentially leaving was an option. Right. I think that they'd hoped he would stay for the game, and I think they'll do the same thing to Tyler, and 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 say we don't want you to leave, but Sam's the guy right now, right? Like we're going to fall camp, and if you continue growing, you may be the guy. But Sam's a guy right now. If that's in true, it, the truth. Right. Right. Now, I, if it's close, yeah. then 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 don't name a guy. Right. But if if Sam's clearly the guy, then I would say Tyler. Here's the deal. Sam's going to start right now and go into fall camp as a starter. But here's what we need you to do, man. You are still a big big part of our present and our future. Here's the role we have for you this year. We're going to continue to develop you as a quarterback, yeah. and our hope is, is that you're a two year starter after that. And and but sure. but also be honest with him then. So if he does decide to leave, he can leave then and not later. And right. then Notre Dame can then go into the portal to find a backup. You know, and yeah, I, so I think that's what they would do, Vince. I think I think I would be surprised if they named someone after spring practice. It's possible, and sure. it would not like if that if if I'm the coach and it's clear and obvious that that is who our starter is going to be, then you do it. You go ahead and you name him going into the offseason. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if it happened that quickly. That's just me. I wouldn't. I, okay. Yeah. That, I, I just think that I just think that Sam Hartman's just going to be so steady and so yeah. consistent. And I mean, and again, want to build your offense around. Yeah, I get that. I, get that. Uh, I think Tyler would have to just be nasty. Yeah. In spring, which could happen. And I mean, maybe right. that's where you're coming from, Vince, is you just expect Tyler to take the bowl game. I expect, experience it to be, I expect and, and him to jump. battle. I really yeah. do. I, I expect there to be a battle here. So I guess I wouldn't be upset. surprised. I wouldn't be upset if you're right. Right. Cause that means I, I Tyler surprised isn't the right word. Yeah. You know what I mean? That I would be surprised if they announced it after spring. Uh, I, but I think it goes into fall, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, again, if he's your guy, then go for it. Right. Like name your guy. Like I, yeah. I have no problem with that at yeah. all. So, you yeah. know, either way, whoever it happens to be. Sparkling Swan, if you had to throw money on it, would you bet a title in 23 or 24 for Notre Dame? I mean, I'm I wouldn't bet much money on it cuz two reasons. Number 1 is I don't bet and and number 2 is I think Notre Dame has an opportunity both years to compete for a title, but we're talking about a team that hasn't won a title in over 30 years. They got to show it to me first. They got to prove it to me first because just because you have the roster to win a title doesn't mean you're going to Alabama had a roster to win a title this year and win it. They weren't even a playoff. Why? Because they didn't have a title team. Yeah. They had the talent to do so. Notre Dame has not shown me that they can put a championship program on the field and in the, on the sidelines. And they've had the talent sometimes, not the coaching. They've had the coaching sometimes, not the talent. They've got to show me that they can do that, Vince. Now, do I think do I think that Notre Dame has the tools to do that? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, but I just, I just, they've got to show me first before I'm going to start putting anything yeah. more than you know a, a buck <laughs> so, on a game. The love, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, I. Yeah. So, they got to show me a lot. I do bet, but I never bet more than $5 usually. So like I'm that's where I'm at and if Notre Dame had really good odds in the preseason about winning the national championship is like plus 500 or something crazy, yeah, I'll put a five spot on that because the return, the ROI 
is really, really good on that if they happen to do it, right? And so, yeah, you know, I, I'm good. Uh, yeah. so, but I you're mean, also like, like I would be, is you're a small, you'd put like a 10 yeah, spot on it, right? Yeah, like, not like a mortgage payment. No, you know? gosh, yeah. no, absolutely not. I wouldn't even put a mortgage yeah. payment on it once I found out that they were in the playoff. Okay. Because I'm just not that guy. I, I, even if I was super confident, I'm not that guy. So yeah. I would not do that, but look, they're going to have every opportunity and, and we'll talk about that more as we go. But when you look at the perennial powers, the powerhouses that are usually out there. There's a lot of transition with some of those teams mm-hmm. going into next year. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, why not? Let's have some fun with it. 99 problems, but BK ain't one. Uh, Brian, you don't want three linebackers on the field at the same time in 23. Is that if because... it's the current group of veteran linebackers? That's what he's saying. Is by it by the way? Right. Yeah. He goes, is that because of the three returning linebackers? Yes. If 100%. Notre Dame had two of Kali Sneed, Ziegler and Junior playing at linebacker plus one. What say you? Look, I'll say this: if if there comes a time down the road where Notre Dame is a three three five team, and they have three D linemen, and then a Viper that's a Burnham type, and they had a three man group of Sneed, Ziegler, and either Drake Bowen or Jaden Osbury or a guy like that, totally fine, totally fine. Well, I mean, I think Jalen Sneed, if coached correctly, could be a Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa sure. type of rover. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I think Nolan Ziegler could be that kind of guy. Sure. And and <clears throat> uh, you know, will they give those? I think I think they could both play. Will I think Jay, Nolan could maybe even potentially be a Mike? I think Drake Bowen. Could, so it, it's about the veterans. It's I'm looking at 2023 and saying there's no way they're going to start Nolan Ziegler, Jaden Osbury, right. and. and Jalen Sneed or Nolan Ziegler, Jalen Sneed and Drake Bowen. It's just Prince they're not going to do that. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. Prince Collie. They're going to start the younger guys <clears throat> or the veteran, at least one or two of the veterans. And I don't want to see three of those guys in the field together that much. I just right. don't. Now, there's some nickel looks maybe that I would be okay with that. Sure. Where you don't have a Viper on the field. You have three bigs and three true linebackers. That's okay against, you know, certain spread teams. But I don't want that against Ohio State because they'll run it on you. I don't yes. want that against USC because they'll run it on you, as we saw. <laughs> yeah, we got we have empirical you know? evidence of that right. being the case. <laughs> right, okay? right, right. So <laughs> I just I don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Right now, would I be okay if it was that group that you know? Let's just say they they didn't have a viper, and it was just two big ends and a nose, and then uh, Sneed, Ziegler, and Drake or Jaden or something. Totally fine with that. But that's down the road. That's, yeah, that's not 2023. Not, that's not this year. Right. And my comment was about 2023. Right. Which which he took. I mean, he said it in 2023. So he took my comment correctly. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep, I agree completely. Yeah. Brian, think Hartman putting up similar numbers he had at Wake, but with the Notre Dame logo makes him a Heisman contender. No. I mean, if we're talking about the numbers he put up uh, in 2021, yeah. Because, like, this year, for example, Vince, he threw for 3,700 yards and um, 38 like, touchdowns yeah. and 12 picks, right? Uh, he only played 12 games. So let's say he was at, at Notre Dame. That would be comparable because he only played 12 games. He wouldn't play in a, bowl, a, po- a, a conference championship Conference game. championship, sure. And then he rushed for uh, 129 yards and a touchdown. That's not Heisman contender numbers, unless Notre Dame's ranked number one. There it is. 
uh, or, or number two. Like they'd have yeah. to be like really, really yeah. good. Now, if he does what he did in 2021 before the offseason heart issues and he passes for, you know, 4,200 yards. And again, this was over 14 games. But if those were his numbers in a regular season and, and also rushed for, because here's what he, he he rushed for, threw for 39 touchdowns. He only he threw for 38 this year, so comparable. This year he rushed for one touchdown. Last year he rushed for 11. Yeah, big difference. It'd have to be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, if, yeah. if he can throw for 3,800 yards in a regular season and almost 40 touchdowns and then have five rushing touchdowns and Notre Dame's undefeated. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and But it's the last part for me right. that is the kicker. Is the kicker. Correct. It, it, it's not just the Notre Dame logo. Because right. now, granted, if he has that stat line, they're not going to be eight and four. Okay. They're, I mean, they're just not. I would, I'd be shocked. Right. Yeah. But it can't. You can't have those numbers be eight and four and have the Notre Dame, you know, and right. have Notre Dame on your chest right. and be a Heisman. You have to right. be a winning team. I mean, you have to be 11 and one at the worst, right. I think, to be a Heisman contender. Nick, With Max, Max Dugan was barely over 3,200 yards and had like, what, six rushing touchdowns. And what did he have passing 30 t- passing touchdowns in the regular season? And he was a finalist. Why? Because yeah. TC was undefeated in the playoff. Right. Exactly. That's why. Exactly. And you I, know, I'll, right. I'll go back. I'll go back to what, what was the season where Ian book had like 16 passing touchdowns yeah. and the he ninth got votes. 15, 15. But yeah, there you go. And he was like ninth in high votes voting. for the Heisman. Yes. So that is why because Notre Dame because Notre Dame won the was ACC good. regular exactly. season. Exactly. Right. So yeah. if you are, having the Notre Dame logo is very important. Okay. But you need everything else too. Right. So I actually think the quarterback that would have the best chance to be a Heisman contender over the next couple of years is Tyler Buckner. Yeah. Uh, Just because he would dynamic. He's going to have Heisman moments. Yes. Like Sam Hartman's going to put up crazy numbers, but I like, like for example, okay. Who won the Heisman trophy this year? Right. It was Caleb Williams. Why? Was he really better than those other quarterbacks? I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. But to me, what he did was is he he put up really good numbers, right? But his numbers weren't astronomically better than some of the other quarterbacks. But he A had really good running numbers. CJ Stroud doesn't. Number two, he had some really impressive highlight reel, like sick plays. I think that's what set it up over the other guys to me. And so I, I think I think that is something that Tyler Buckner would do. He would have a lot of those crazy, just yes. like stuff we saw in the bowl game. Like yeah. watch this throw by Tyler Buckner, right. where he's getting level Notre Dame win over it on Ohio a State. Time right. to Lindsey, you know, what or I mean? the like, one that the Jaden Thomas, Jayden Thomas was on third down, the right. best. I mean, I've seen a quarterback since Jimmy Clausen that can make that kind of play, right? And so, um, you know. Uh, that's kind of where I would where I would be, Vince. Is I I think he could do that. Sam would just have to put up great numbers, but more so, it would be if Notre Dame's ranked in the top four and undefeated, right? Yeah, right. and Sam Hartman's healthy and putting up thirty seven hundred yards and yes. almost forty touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> the answer He'll is be there. yes, absolutely. He'll be there. No, and could win it. I mean, he could yeah, win it because he's going to have some big moment opportunities next year. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like the guy that I would put more money on would be if Tyler was the quarterback. Sure. Because he's going to make so many insane, just like he'll have a highlight reel. Yeah, he'll have. He could be my. I didn't say this correctly. Tyler could be that guy if Notre Dame's ten and two is what I'm trying to say. 
Like Tyler could be a Heisman contender at Notre Dame, even if they're not a playoff team because of the, yeah. the, the highlight stuff right. is my point. And that's why I drew the Caleb Williams comparison because he wasn't a high uh, – they he didn't make a playoff play. guy. Yeah, right. That's what I'm meaning to say. Sam can get in it and win it if I'm – not, I'm not predicting that. I'm just responding to the question. Right. If Notre Dame's an undefeated playoff team. Right. Mike, I didn't say this. I didn't preface this, so I missed. I, I misled. I'm <laughs> saying is if Notre Dame's not a playoff team, Tyler's the quarterback that could still be a contender for a 10-2 and two Notre Dame team because he'd not only put up the passing numbers – but big time rushing numbers. And he just would have every week is just going to have some sort of just nutty. Did you see the throw this kid made or the run this kid made type of highlights? And that's what, sadly, that's what attracts voters. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. hundred percent. Cause they won't watch the games. They'll watch the highlights. I mean, that's just, let's be realistic. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Brian, when does the chain, the position change conversation normally happen? Do you think Marcus Freeman, has had the safety conversation with Clarence Lewis? I uh, don't believe they have, no. Based on the conversation I've had in the last week or two, I don't think that com- – I think that would be more of somebody's going to have to show them and it's going to have to happen during spring ball, Yeah, in my opinion. Somebody's going to have to step up in spring ball and say to them, hey, halfway through spring, Chance Tucker's just killing it at corner or Ryan Barnes is killing it at corner or Cam Christian Gray is just – dude, he's the next Benjamin Morrison. And everybody's healthy and all that. Then I would say, okay, Clarence, here's the deal. Here's what we want to do. Because in a perfect world for me, I still think I've kind of gone back and forth on this, but where I think I'm settling in is I would actually like to see Xavier Watts and Clarence Lewis be the starting safeties and then Ramon rotating in. That's me. That's where I'm at. You know, so that's where I'm at. Yeah. You know, we'll see how that happens. Because right now I've, I've, I've dubbed a starting safety, somebody who's not even playing safety. So Yep. You know, we'll we'll see how that transpires. All right. Yep. Last one, Brian. Let's wrap it up with a super chat from TJ. Thank you very much, TJ. Do you expect any O-line, O-linemen to transfer out this year? I don't really comment on guys that are going to transfer out. I just – that's not my place. I don't want to put that out there unless I know of a guy. Um, I, I just – I'm trying to think of the right way to answer this. Um. I won't be shocked if a lineman leaves. I just, I'm not going to, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I just, I I don't, I don't like talking about guys leaving because that's, you know, I don't want guys to leave, but I'm not going to even numbers are such like you have way more inside info than I have. And I'm not saying you have inside info on this, but but what I'm okay. I figured. Yeah. (laughs) I just, yeah. Here's what I have to say. As I look at this picture on Josh Lugg's Twitter account, it's a lot of dudes. That that They're and that's my five point. more. Right. right. That's my point. There there are only five starting spots. Three of them are locked up for next year. That means only right. two spots are available. And there's a ton of dudes in that picture. And I'm, and I'm looking at this transfer. list, Vince, and only three of those guys are out of eligibility. Yeah. Well, there you go. Right. So, well, not even that. Only two of them are. I mean, yeah. if Jared Patterson wanted to come back, he could. He's not sure. going to, but he could. Right. But that's but, my yeah. my point is that. There are so many of those kids that could play. Only two of those guys are gone. Luggin, Luggin, uh, Patterson. I said three, two. Yeah. You're only losing two and you're adding five. Right. To Vince, to your point, uh, uh, like there's only like two or three walk ons in that, on that, in that sure. picture, Vince. Right. That's the thing. It's like, that's what it's I'm saying. It's not like there's like seven walk on. You know what I mean? Like right. those kids can only... go play someplace else, they can go yeah. start someplace else. 
right. the writing's on the wall that that might not happen at Notre Dame. So, right. yes, judging by that picture alone, there's going to be some transfers. And yeah, I have like, man, no that inside kid's pretty good. That kid's pretty good. That kid's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I have no inside yeah. information. But from yeah. a number standpoint, I mean, I just think that that's going to happen. So, yeah. Anyway. Agree. That's going to do it for this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Guys, we went over three hours, and it's because you guys had such good questions. Yeah, so, there's, I mean, there's I mean, some we're passing up, but we just we got to roll. I mean, we're – Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've got another show here in yeah. uh, 40 minutes, uh, so make sure that you jump in and check out. Uh, we're going to do a rapid-fire version since it's Friday. Me, Jesse, Sean, the three of us, we're going to do a rapid-fire edition on Friday. But uh, Mace AK always has our out, and which I really appreciate. Says, Join the message board, hit the like, subscribe, and the notification bell. Share this podcast and leave a five-star review. Visit the IB store for the best merch. And as always, Brian, go Irish. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.